Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 114 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. Welcome. I'm happy that you're here. If you're just joining this podcast, my name is Siobhan Key. I'm a family physician and an obesity medicine physician, but more importantly, I'm a coach for physicians who struggle with stress and binge eating. I help physicians find freedom from stress eating so they don't constantly have to think about it anymore. But more importantly, I help them find freedom using solutions that don't require the willpower. They don't require the constant struggle. And they actually feel easy. It's always our goal. Find the things that feel easy. And when we find that path, then that's when it's sustainable. And you know we all like sustainable stuff because we have done enough of the yo-yo and the roller coaster of the dieting. And so that's why I love these tools that I teach you on this podcast. And I just this week started a new group of Stress Eating SOS, which is my group program for physicians specifically who struggle with stress or binge eating. And we just got going this week. I'm super excited because it's a fantastic group of physicians. I can tell already that we are going to learn so much and have so much fun over the next three months. And I have packed so much good stuff into this group. I'm really excited about it. Now, did you miss out? Were you kind of contemplating about it or maybe you just missed and you didn't hear about it? Doors are closed right now, but that's totally fine. You can get on the wait list. You can go over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS and get your name on the wait list so you get updates as soon as I have dates planned for the next group. And with the last wait list, what I did is I added some free stuff. And so I'll probably be doing that this time is added some exclusive opportunities for you to get a little bit of coaching or a little bit of help while you're on the wait list. So get your name on the wait list, and then you'll hear from me as soon as I have new dates announced. Today, what I'm going to talk to you about is people-pleasing. And what I want to do is show you how it might be showing up in your life in areas you don't recognize, and also how that might be impacting your eating and ultimately your long-term weight goals. And then I'll give you some tips on how to fix it. Sound good? So I wanted to start with telling you sort of where this episode came from, because I've been contemplating it for a couple of weeks now. And really, it came from when I was doing my own New Year's goals and reflections. I realized that this past year for sure, and the year before, I often wasn't doing the things I actually personally needed. I was swapping my needs for other things. So my needs were the lowest on the priority list, which would mean if I had more things on my to-do list, I would do that and make sure everything else got done at the expense of myself. And what that does is it makes you feel really tired. <laughs> it makes you feel like there's so much to do. 
And so I started really thinking about why was that happening? Why was I in that pattern? And it's not like it's an unfamiliar pattern. I've been in and out it throughout my career for sure and probably earlier. I just probably wasn't paying attention to it earlier. But, you know, I have this tendency to go back into this pattern. And I started wondering why is that and what is underneath it? So I can just look at the surface and go, well, I've got a lot to do. I've got a lot on my plate and I need to make sure it all gets done and everything keeps going. And that's one answer. But I wanted to go deeper and figure out, but why? Why do I allow myself to have so much on my plate? And why do I allow all that stuff to have higher priority than the basic needs that I know keep me feeling better and physically and mentally healthier? And when I'm talking about the things that I was putting at the bottom of my priority list, that would be things like my journaling, taking time to meditate on a regular basis, getting my physical activity in, making sure I'm going to sleep at a really good time and getting a good solid sleep, and most importantly, giving myself downtime where I actually didn't have to do anything, including not have to actually do stuff for the kids, right? Because the downtime I was getting over the past two years was mainly on the weekend when I was then feeling I needed to be the good mom and do interesting things with my kids. And so on reflection, I realized that this was becoming a real issue for me. And I started to ask myself why. And what I realized is it really comes down to people-pleasing. Now, if you'd asked me if I was a people-pleaser, I would say no. I don't get too worried about people thinking poorly of me or too worried about what people think of me. I don't always think about trying to keep people happy. And yet, when I looked at the core of these behaviors where I was putting myself at the expense of other things, the basis of that was to avoid somebody else sort of missing out or potentially being unhappy. So it was people-pleasing. It just wasn't overt people-pleasing. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast, because I think some of you listening will identify that, yes, I people please, and it might be very much in the forefront of your mind. But I do think as physicians, we are prone to people pleasing, but at a level that we might not recognize it as such. The definition of people pleasing is basically doing things that you may not want to do or that may not be important to you to avoid someone else feeling some form of discomfort or someone else thinking negative thoughts about you. I also wanted to include a definition that it's not directly the same, but I really believe it's related when it comes to physicians and this pattern of thinking. I think we also do self-people-pleasing, which is really essentially like a high achiever's mindset or one of the downsides to a high achiever's mindset is that we constantly push ourselves to the next thing. And we don't give ourselves credit for where we are and what we've achieved so far. We're always looking to the next thing. And there's this thought error that when we get to the next thing, that will then be enough. We will finally have the time to relax, the permission to relax, because we will have arrived. However, because this is a thought error, it just repeats itself no matter where you get. And I think for most of us, you can recognize this if you think, you know, you're pre-med and trying to get into medical school and you're like, oh, great. Once I get into medical school, then that's great. 
but then you get into medical school and then you're trying to achieve there. And you're thinking, okay, once I get finished medical school and go into residency, then it'll be great. And then you go into residency and you find that you're working and trying to achieve. And then you think, okay, well, once I graduate and I'm on my own and I'm in control of my own life, everything's going to be great. Then you graduate and then you're looking for the next thing or the next thing. And you never stop to appreciate the fact you've arrived. There's always this element of kind of comparing or I'm not quite there. I'm not quite doing this good enough. And that ties into this people pleasing because if we feel we're not doing things quite good enough, we're not quite there enough, then we will do things to try to keep the people happy, to try to keep them from recognizing that there's something missing from us. But what if there was nothing missing? We've talked about this before on the podcast, but what if you actually are completely enough? What if you're more than enough right now? And it's just a matter of allowing yourself to see that. I think that's a really important thing to think about as you do this work and recognize if your brain is telling you, you know what, you can relax. You can have this self-care time when you get here, when you get to some future event or some future marker, then you can have this time and you can care for yourself. That's a thought error. That's like the carrot in front of the horse. It's never coming. You're never going to get there. It's similar to what we talk about with body image and things like that, where our brains are like, you know, once you're this size, once you're this weight, then I'll start liking you. (laughs) I'll start liking you body. And yet, if you don't do that thought work, you don't actually get there. You don't get to that point where you can like your body no matter what the scale says or the size says. You have to do the thought work and learn to like it now. And this is true for this topic is you have to learn to prioritize what you actually need now so that you can do the things that you want to do. So let's look at how this shows up for you, how you might notice it in your life. Number one is you might notice yourself always putting others above you. So say you have plans of having a bit of downtime and then something comes up at work and you give up the downtime to do this stuff at work or something comes up with the kids or your partner asks for something and you give up that time you had planned for yourself. Maybe you have plans of getting exercise in at a certain time, but again, something comes up and you find yourself doing things for others instead of doing that thing that would be important for you and your overall health. And I think a piece of this, if you struggle with this, would be noticing if you have a lot of discomfort about the idea of actually doing the thing for yourself instead of doing the thing for the other person or for the other request. If you think about it in the reverse of how you usually do it and feel very uncomfortable, that probably means there's people-pleasing going on. Second thing you might notice is overworking. So always saying yes, always wanting to step up, do the next thing, help out with the next project, make sure you attend all the meetings, plus you know do all your other clinical work. And if you notice that, And that working is coming at the expense of other priorities like time at home, family time, self-care time, things like that. Then again, you have to ask yourself, why are you doing the overworking? And is it an element of people-pleasing of not wanting to let people down? And then look at that. The number three is the inability to say no. So if when people ask you for something that will take your time or kind of take away from these priorities that you have for yourself. If you can't say no, if it feels so uncomfortable to say no, again, you have to ask yourself, why is that? 
Is it because you're afraid if you say no, that other person will feel something or think something about you? And if so, then that's people-pleasing. The fourth one that I was thinking about is feeling trapped by your circumstances. So if you're feeling trapped about your situation at work, you're feeling trapped by your commitments, you're feeling trapped by everything else. I like to think about this as feeling like I'm on the hamster wheel, like every day repeats and <laughs> I can't get off. Those days, again, you have to look and go, okay, why am I trapped? Why am I saying yes to so many things that make me actually feel trapped? And is it because I'm swapping myself to try to prevent discomfort in somebody else? Now, you might ask, why is that a problem? You know, wouldn't it be selfish to say no and kind of do things for yourself instead of for somebody else? Shouldn't we be trying to help other people? And what I would pose is I think when you start doing this work, it's not like you're never going to help other people. But the problem is, is when you're constantly saying yes to other people at the expense of yourself, at the expense of your true priorities, then you're out of integrity and that feels uncomfortable. So essentially, you don't want the other person to feel uncomfortable. So instead, you make yourself feel uncomfortable. (laughs) And, you know, maybe that discomfort lasts longer than what the other person's discomfort might have been. Like if somebody asks you to do a job and you say no, they might feel uncomfortable briefly but there's a lot of circumstances they may not actually feel uncomfortable for very long. And yet, if you were to say yes to that job and you didn't actually want to do it or have space in your schedule to do it and you're fitting it in at the expense of yourself, your discomfort is actually going to last a lot longer than what their potential discomfort could have lasted. So people-pleasing is a problem because it's done out of integrity with yourself. So you're not respecting your core priorities and you're trying to take on the discomfort so that somebody else might not feel discomfort. Now, one thing to recognize is we have no power over how other people feel. You can say yes to somebody every single time they ask stuff, even at the complete expense of yourself. They may still feel disappointed in you. You don't actually have control over that. You could say no multiple times and they may not care. It's important to recognize that people-pleasing is trying to control something we do not have control over. The only thing we have control over is ourself, our thoughts, and how we conduct ourselves. Now, I'd like to pose that if you start working on this and you're changing putting yourself more as a priority and you're not constantly doing things at the expense of yourself, I don't think that's actually going to negatively impact people around you. I suspect what you'll find is that Because you are more restored, you have more replenishing time in your life, more things that replenish you. You're able to do the things that actually matter to you. There's a saying that anytime you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So when you're saying yes to the things that don't actually matter to you, they're not important to you, you're saying no to something that might matter and might be important and might actually be something that you're more passionate about, including the caring for yourself. But Also, other projects or other things that you may actually want to do more than what you're saying yes to, if you just say yes to in order of what you're asked. So how does this affect your eating or your weight? Well, this low level of discomfort that you create in yourself when you are taking on the discomfort to avoid other people feeling discomfort, you're taking it on. You then may have additional discomfort like frustration and things about you know, what your schedule looks like or having to do things you don't want to do. That discomfort directly drives eating. 
sometimes that discomfort shows up as a restlessness. So sometimes that discomfort shows up as you're just restless, uncomfortable, not sure what to do with yourself. And that's a really powerful driver for eating for a lot of people with stress eating. Often this discomfort, because it's been there for so long, it's a pattern that you've probably been doing for so long, you might not notice it as discomfort, but it can be driving those times where you're eating and you're like, why am I eating? Why can't I control myself around the food? But it's your brain trying to fix this discomfort that you may not even recognize is there. So recognize this people-pleasing. Looking at it and being aware of where it's showing up in your life will help you with your eating long-term for sure. It's also going to help you feel better and live your life according to what's truly important to you, which will also help you with your eating. So that's why I thought this topic is so important to talk about on this podcast and why it's something I'm working on for myself and becoming aware of for myself. So let's talk about how to change. So if you've been listening to this and you're like, yeah, you know what? I see myself. I can see that people pleasing showing up in these different areas. What do you do about it? Like I said, this is a habit that's probably deeply ingrained. It's something you've done for a really long time. So how do you change? I was going to say, how does a fox change its stripes? That's not how that saying is supposed to go. (laughs) Get the idea. How do you change something that you're so used to doing? First of all, I think the place to start is have a real conversation with yourself about your priorities. Now, I, I talked about this on a podcast in the spring, but really sitting down and going, okay, what actually is important to myself? What are my priorities? And list them out. What's my top priority? What's the most important thing for myself? What's the next? What's the next? List them out in accordance with what you feel is important. So not in accordance of what you think should be your priorities, right? Because that would be people pleasing. You do it in accordance with what actually feels right to you. Then what you want to do is, number two, have a look at your schedule. Have a look at your life and ask yourself, what percent of this is actually lining up with these priorities I've just listed? Find the places that are matching and congratulate yourself on that. That's fantastic. You're in line. It's congruent with what your priorities are. That's great. But then look for the areas where it's not and get curious. So if there's areas where you're not lined up with what your priorities are, be curious about why that is. I like the tool of asking yourself repeated whys because the first why you say, why am I not prioritizing my family even though it's my top priority? Why am I working extra instead of spending time with my family? The first why that your brain gives you is going to be reasonably superficial. So keep asking yourself, okay, but why? And see what you get and see if you finally get to the core reason why you're doing that behavior. And then decide if you like your reasons. So the purpose of this podcast isn't to say, totally stop people pleasing, stop all these behaviors. Not necessarily. It's to say, Build awareness of where it's showing up. Understand why it shows up for you. And then let yourself be in a place of empowerment where if you decide to continue to do that, you feel more empowered about it. Or maybe you decide some of these areas, you stop doing the people-pleasing and you focus more on your priorities. It's up to you. It's always your choice, which leads us to number three, is that in every situation, you always have the power to choose. We think we don't, and we tell ourselves stories that we don't have a choice, like I have to 
say, I'm on call right now. So often there's a story in my mind about how I have to do call and I don't really want to be on call because I really like to sleep my nights through. And yet that's not true. I could 100% choose to not do call. I would just have to say to my call group and my practice partners, I'm no longer doing call. Or maybe I could even choose to just not answer my pager and turn my phone off even though I'm on call. That could be a choice. It's not a choice I would ever choose. But recognizing that I'm actually choosing to be on call and answer my phone when it rings, even in the middle of the night, and go in in the middle of the night if needed, that those are all choices that I'm actively choosing to do feels a lot better. If I think I have no choice and that they're being done to me, that's really disempowering and it feels very bad and it quickly makes me resent being on call. So applying that to any situation and recognizing every single situation in your life, you do have some choice. And sometimes asking yourself, where do your choices lie? What choice are you making? And sometimes it's simple, right? I answer the calls in the middle of the night when I'm on call because the consequence of not doing that would be that people don't get the care they need. And my nursing colleagues who are there needing my help and my assessment are left hung out to dry and I don't want that for them. So I answer my call, the call. I don't like the consequences that would happen if I chose differently. So I choose to wake up, even if it means a disrupted sleep, right? And so there's lots of things that we may choose. You may choose to go to meetings or committees because you want to keep your job. Because, you know, if you're in a certain position that if you don't attend those, you don't keep your job, that consequence might not be acceptable to you. So you choose to go anyways. But recognizing that you're actually making that choice, that there's no choice but to go to the meetings, you could choose to not go and then not do that job anymore. That would be a choice that may have other impacts that you don't want. And so you choose to go. Recognizing where your choice lies is really important for this so that you're not telling yourself stories about having no options and no choice that really disempowers you because feeling disempowered, feeling out of control, feeling like you have no choice will directly drive eating. It will directly drive overeating, binges, all that sort of stuff where you just feel out of control. So owning your choices about all the stuff that's in your schedule is really, really important. And also I think along this lines, recognizing that for some of these situations, the consequence you think would happen may not actually happen. Like when we think I have to do this or else this, some of that might not actually be true. That could be a story made up by your mind and maybe there's multiple other stories that could happen. If you said no, like I think a common one is physicians, well, I have to do it because nobody else will. Maybe that's not true. Maybe if you say, I'm sorry, I can't, then somebody else will step up and do it. So we have to watch the stories that tell us there's no option and that tell us the consequence is going to be unacceptable and just question it all. You know, those patterns have been there for a long time, so they're going to come up really easily. And just question and be curious about it and learn more about exactly where this is showing up in your mind. Then number four for how to manage this is choose one area to start. Now, if this makes you really uncomfortable, you may want to start with something really small. And you may want to just one place where it feels reasonably in your control. Your brain doesn't tell you there's going to be a big catastrophe if you say no to something and start there and just build that momentum. Start to see the impact that that can have, how you can feel a little bit better, and then start applying it in other areas as you want. 
And like you said, as an adult, and if we go back to number three, that's all your choice. You can choose to continue to take the actions that are more aligned with people-pleasing. That's always your choice. But what I'm hoping is if you do it in this manner, you will feel more in control by those actions. You won't feel so victimized by those actions. And then you can kind of decrease the discomfort. So like in a relationship, say a long-term relationship, there may be times where you do things that you don't really want to do because you know your partner wants to. And that choice may actually be okay with you, but it'll feel better if you recognize it's your choice that you're making and you're choosing to do that as a way of caring about your partner. So it's not that you can never people please, but it's watching and being selective about where you truly want to and where maybe you don't. So play with prioritizing yourself and see what happens, what the fallout is. So what my New Year's resolution or goal in relation to this was, what I realized is I would do everything else at the expense of my self-care activities. So if I had planned on doing some meditation or something in the morning or journaling, and then I was running behind, I would not do that just to make sure that I got to the office on time. All I decided to do was I was going to prioritize and do it anyways and accept that maybe it'll mean I show up a little bit late some days. But my thought in line with this is, you know what, those days where maybe I show up a little bit late, number one, I'm probably not going to show up as late as my mind tells me I will. Number two, I'm probably going to be in a better mental state, and that'll most likely make me more efficient throughout the day and more present with my patients and with my colleagues. And so it's probably going to make me better when I do show up. And so what I've decided is my stuff, my self-care activities, I'm going to hold them at a higher priority than the other schedules. But what I expect is it's not going to impact the other schedules a lot and may actually impact them in a positive way. Now, I'm using that as an example to show you how I've kind of thought through, okay, why don't I do these things? Like, why am I missing the journaling or the meditation? And what would happen if I did it anyways? Well, maybe the outcome's not as bad as what I kind of think in the moment when I choose not to do it. So think through some of these areas where you find that mismatch between your priorities and what you're actually doing and decide where you want to practice. And remember, everything doesn't have to change at once. Pick small places where you can see change and make change initially, and then it'll build. The momentum will build. It'll start getting easier. And then remember, no is a complete sentence. You can say just no, or I'm sorry, I can't. When we people please, we often have to give lots of reasons why we can't, but you can give yourself the permission to just let it be, I'm sorry, I can't this time, and let it be at that. All right, I would love to hear from you about how you realize this shows up in your life and what you're going to do to kind of shift or change it. So send me an email at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. I'd love to hear. I'll send you an email back if you send me one. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to hit subscribe. And if you could leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the podcast, I would really appreciate it. It does help the podcast get found by other people who could benefit from it. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Have a fantastic week. I wish you a week of focusing on your priorities and taking care of yourself. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.